Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money. Whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hi, this is Charles Kelly. In a survey conducted by the BBC, the top 50 UK employers said they had no plans to reopen offices and bring all their workers back into the, the standard workplace. They were happy for workers to remain at home and uh, you know, have even thought about closing down offices for good. Some have brought in a few workers that could not uh, work in the office and uh, or work from home, sorry, so they had to come into the office. But it, it is a trend, and I, I believe it's, it's, it's been brought forward, this trend, by the coronavirus and the, the, the need to get technology in place quickly uh, to deal with uh, you know, s- social distancing and keeping people safe. And I'm asking you, really, is this the end of the office as we know it? Is this the end of working in, a, in an office environment which I, I grew up working in and, uh, you know, love it or hate it. It was, it was almost like a, a, a social environment, a place to go, a place to, to, to mix and bounce ideas around. And, uh, you know, people enjoy going into to work in the office. Maybe they don't enjoy the, the commute. Uh, but what I'm asking is what, what's going to happen? Is, is, this, is this kind of the end of it? Um, some people might be glad of that. Some people are quite happy working from home. Others might say, well, no, uh, they, they, they actually like to work, uh, you know, with, with, with people. So th- this is what, what I'm asking here. Now, so what, first of all, if, if this does happen, what's going to happen to all these office blocks? Now, I worked in the city uh, many years ago. I worked for an insurance company and it was a busy place then. But now, you've, you know, a lot of the buildings I, I used to work and visit, uh, I, I was a, a rep on the road at, you know, are not there anymore. They've been replaced by huge towers. You know, the Gherkin, the, the cheese grater, the Shard. I mean, the tallest buildings in, in, in the country in Europe, I think. Uh, you know, 50, 60, 70 floors high. Uh, amazing buildings. So what's going to happen to all these buildings? Uh, you know, people say, well, you can make them into, turn them into flats. Yeah, yeah I mean, you could do. Uh, but companies who rent space there have long leases. They don't just come in like a serviced office and have a three-month lease. They've, they've probably invested millions in, in securing space in these prestigious offices, uh, you know, financial firms and that sort of thing with, with trading floors and, and, you know, all sorts of things. Uh, they've got long leases. Are they just going to renege on them? Are the landlords going to say, fine, you know, we, we realize you want to keep staff working from home, so we'll let you off the leases. I don't think so somehow. And these landlords are not small landlords like me. They are you know, big companies, they're insurance companies, they're pension funds, they're companies like Land Securities, huge companies, and and, and some of them are owned by banks as well, you know. So I, I don't think it's going to be that easy to just, you know, close down the these offices. And then if you did turn them into flats, let's say Land Securities said, well, all the, all the offices can clear out and uh, we're going to turn uh, th- this, this big office that we've got into flats. Well, you know, do people want to live in that sort of environment 
in the, in the city centre, an expensive environment with with a pretty soulless place. Sometimes would would they want to live in there if their their work is can be done from home? I mean, the idea of living in the city in a pokey little flat, uh, sometimes uh, you know, an ex council tower block that you know people wanted to get out of a few years ago. Now they're selling for half a million and six hundred thousand in Hackney, um, and and yet I, when I I used to go and visit clients in Hackney I was like watching my back I thought I was going to get mugged at night you know I was scared to go there and now people you know yuppies and and the upwardly mobile set and uh, you know uh, are actually paying a lot of money and a lot of high rents to live in these ex-council blocks uh, why because they don't want to commute from from Essex and Hertfordshire and Surrey and, and spend an hour and a half on the train they they want to be with it in the buzz in the city you know, and, and be near their office. They want to walk to work, cycle to work. All this stuff is part of a city living. But, you know, if you take that away, if you suck out the, the, the office environment and, and the workers, then what happens to that city? Uh, I think the city will, will die. If, if, if the workers stop going into the city, they will die. There, there was already, uh, you know, if you, if you go into the city of London, I'm not talking about the West End, I'm talking about the city financial district. You know, it's full of shops and offices and coffee bars and restaurants you know, they're all suffering at the moment because people are not going into work. Taxi drivers are surrendering their licenses because there's not enough people using them and, and tourists coming in. So uh, my th thinking is, if if you suck the life out of the city and, and the work's no longer there, why would someone want to pay 600,000 for a studio or, or, or a million pounds for a flat in the city, in the Shard, uh, you know, when they could, you know, buy a big old house and some land a little bit further out and work from home. If they're going to work from home, then why not work from a decent size home and have a, a house that's big enough for, for your for your children, your family, and uh, you know you've got an office and, and and a peaceful office to work from and space. I I I'm I'm sure that a lot of people will be thinking about this if if this develops. It's already happening in America. Um, you know, in America, companies like Facebook, Twitter, Google are just saying to workers stay at home for the rest of the year. So that that's my my thinking on it is that um, you know if if you suck that lifeblood out of out, out of the city it will be soulless it will be like a ghost town and who would want to to live there sure there's still going to be people who want to live in town um, but you know I, I do wonder I, it's still a nice place to live in town but I, I don't think the attraction will be there so much uh, to, to live there if you know you can live. And, and buy a bigger place further out because I think a lot of people want to live in town because they hate the commuting, they hate sipping on the train every morning. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there and how this thing develops and pans out. Now, is it do you, is it really more efficient to have workers working from home? Well, people say it is. I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I ran businesses and I, I don't think it would have been efficient for people to work at home. They, they need to be there, you know, where, where first of all, they can be supervised, Secondly, they've got people around them. They can ask questions. They can bounce ideas off of. And I, I don't think it would have worked just, you know, handing out assignments and, and letting people work from home. Also, there are a lot of businesses that have customer facing sides that, you know, we do business with people at the end of the day. We sell to people. We are people selling to other people. It's not machines and machine. So you need to see customers. You need to see clients. You know, if if, if you're in, in the city, you know, you, you need, you know, big law firms, big accountancy firms. Yeah, they can do a certain amount of stuff on Zoom. But, you know, sometimes clients want to come in and sit down and sit down around a boardroom and talk. And, and there are a lot of businesses that deal with clients all the time. Are we just going to be in a world where everything will be on Zoom 
and an email. Well, perhaps it will be. I, I don't know. Uh, but but I, I think there'll my, my own views will be a bit of both. There'll be less need for offices and but they'll still keep some aspects of, of the offices there. Um, and, you know, of course, we are entering a world where a lot of jobs will be replaced by automation anyway. Uh, I was watching a, a movie, a documentary movie called American Factory. I don't know if you've seen this. This is where a Chinese firm making glass for cars, uh, Fuyao, have set up a factory in Ohio in the old Rust Belt where most of these workers used to work for companies like GM uh, on very high hourly rates, like $60, $70 an hour. And, and now Fuyao have come in and put them on like $12 and $14 an hour. And it's very interesting to see the cultural differences between the Chinese workers who work seven days a week, they work fast, and the American workers who want this and they want that, and they want health and safety, they want this and they don't like to do this, and they don't like to be told what to do by, by some Chinese guy, you know. And and it's very, the, the, the cultural difference is very interesting. They had a big tussle over, you know, I won't spoil the whole film for you, but at the end of it, they said up to 375 million people worldwide will have to find a completely new way of working when you know this this seismic change of mechanization comes in so perhaps it is the end for, for offices and then what will happen to them well you know for smaller offices i think smaller developers can get involved and maybe repurpose those offices because they're not all in the city center they might be in the suburbs they might be out in smaller towns and other parts they could be repurposed by smaller developers but you know the, the big buildings in the city the big iconic buildings you know, they're owned by large companies. If they want to repurpose them, perhaps they'll do uh, a mixture of offices and flats and bring in more flats or or put in hotels there instead. And I know that John Lewis is planning to redevelop some of its sites into, into housing as it closes down stores. So, you know, the, 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 a lot of these will be re repurposed. But if you take away the jobs, who's going to buy all these places? You know, who's going to buy all these all these flats? Now, we know that we, we, need, we do need more housing, but... You know, a lot of the housing needed is the, the more affordable housing. Uh, the government say they want to build 300,000 homes a, a year. Uh, last year was the highest ever, 240,000. I imagine it will be lower this year because of the, the, the work being stopped for, for much of the year. Uh, but it, and, and to do this, to achieve this, they're bringing in some sweeping changes to the planning laws and there's a consultation going on at the moment. You can read the government white paper. There's some sweeping changes coming in to make it easier to build. I mean, at the moment, I, I work for a, a, as a councillor and as, as a local mayor, and I was on the planning committee, and I saw that just dealing with something like a local plan took five to seven years. Uh, if, you're, if you're planning a new village somewhere, uh, they told me it could take 10 to 12 years before it was ever even, even started. So that, that's too long. And, and in fact, uh, in the government white paper, it says that by the time they've made the local plan up, a lot of the information is out of date. And that's exactly what happened because they, they were assuming uh, immigration figures to go up and up and up. And then Brexit came in and, and maybe the figures are not so high now. Uh, and, and there's all sorts of things that can change in, in five to seven years. So that, that's what the government is planning. They do plan to build more, more of the affordable homes that people need. Uh, I didn't see much in there about council homes. I think we, we do need to build more council properties for, for people that will never be able to afford to buy a house or or, or rent privately and, and people who want the security of tenure just to stay in a place for, for many years to come. I haven't seen any major building of council property 
since the 1970s. When was the last time you saw a town built like Milton Keynes or, you know, or Basildon or, or Harlow? Uh, I, I just haven't seen them. Towns built on, on railway lines, on existing road links, not stuck in the middle of the green belt somewhere, but proper towns with jobs and factories on one side and housing on the other and shops and libraries and train stations and you know good good road links yeah i haven't seen any of those since since the milton Keynes since the 1970s and and that's that's the sort of housing i i think we need so there there we are what's what's your view on the, the future of the office as we know it uh, to summarize my view is that there will, there will be a reduction of, of office space and there will certainly be a lot of office smaller offices and and medium-sized office buildings that can that will need to be repurposed and maybe turned into into flats i think that's definitely going to continue of course this has been allowed under permitted development for a long time so you know we've seen a massive uh, reduction in office space particularly in the suburbs I, I you know one company i know couldn't find offices because you know their office was closing down and all around them office buildings were being turned into flats some of them just converted straight into flats others were were demolished and, and turned into to completely new buildings but it is happening it seems to be the way of the future and you know that that's the way things so we'll have to adapt to, to whatever's happening so so thanks for listening and have a great evening this is charles kelly money tips daily check out my my blogs moneytipsdaily.com and uh, my my podcast on on itunes and, and thanks for everyone listening on, on itunes and on facebook live thank you for listening to money tips for more tips and information visit moneytipsdaily.com the information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice as always take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions 